0: welcome back to the assist podcast i am your host Jordy blaine thank you so much for tuning back into the second episode last week i had the pleasure of talking to mike and sarah pyatt where we talked about all things entrepreneurship and i walked away with just how much effort entrepreneurs have to put in to this windy road to try and be successful on their product or their project that they're working on so thank you mike and sarah for coming on again but for the second episode we have a different perspective without further ado i'd like to welcome our second guest Hi everybody, welcome back to the ASSIST podcast. Today we have a very unique and successful guest. She is an Amazon best-selling author. She has launched and created a global media company and she is also a TEDx presenter. I am so honored to welcome Dr. Linda o. How are you today? Hello, Jordi, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Where are you joining us from? Where, what part of the country do you live? I live about an hour south of Montreal. Just
1: across the okay. border of the United States in Vermont
0: well again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. I know this episode is going to do so well so let's let's dive into it. okay. You said you live in Vermont mm-hmm. now, but where did you grow up? Can you give us a little bit of your mm-hmm. backstory yeah
1: and and the, my backstory is important as everyone's is you know I, yep. I talk a lot and I hope we get to it about living with purpose or cultivating your purpose there are a lot of people who get to a a certain age and they say oh god you know i I don't think i'm doing what i'm uniquely built to contribute (laughs) and sure and that can be you know 35 after you've worked in the working world for 10 years at some meaningless job so what i tell people is you know everything's important everything that brought you to this moment Jordy, everything
0: Huge is huge.
1: This yep. is very huge. So I'm happy to share my story, and I hope that it reflects a little bit on other people's stories as they listen. I'll add little bits and parts in there to put an exclamation point on why, why, how we manage the meaning of things matters. I grew up in a little farming town called Lincoln, Illinois. It's the only p- place okay. named Lincoln by Lincoln.
0: Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, he was a lawyer,
1: a young lawyer there. And my husband and I are childhood sweethearts in this little town. We started dating when we were 14. And we had no way of knowing a, about a bigger world, a, a broader world out there. You could see, wow. you could see our town from 30 miles out. That's how flat it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The grain elevator and the, the water. We grew up like that, but a significant thing happened in our life when he was a senior. He was one of the top 20 basketball players in the world. Wow. And he had every basketball program in the world that wanted him to play for them. And we wound up at of the course. University of Kentucky. And at that point, okay, wow. he became the captain. He's the only guy to be captain of the University of Kentucky basketball team for two years. You married at Stud. That was as big as you can get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's making it. <laughs> yeah, that was from our little town. That was just the best thing you could do. I'm sure. Have happened to launch yourself out into the big wide world. And, <laughs> oh my goodness, it was the big wide world. Uh huh. There was a lot to that. It might as well have been professional basketball and all the complexities sure. that would be visited on you. You can imagine so young and so green.
0: But oh, yeah. those
1: complexities, luckily at an early age, we were really good about managing the meaning of bad things that happened to us. And I, we come from really hardworking, nice families. Chuck, my husband from a great big, um, family where that didn't have a lot of resources, but they had a lot of love. And my dad was, yeah, yeah, my dad was a town doctor and he taught us how to live like a true professional and be kinder than you need to be in tough situations so that's how we were formed we were formed in this yeah. in this great place landscape to be a child and then we went off into the big wide world and right off we <laughs> <Yep. laughs> were we're <laughs> challenged by a lot of oh my god this is the way the real world is and so, so many good right. things i mean this this it was it was good and bad and but <laughs> what it also did was it launched us out into the world because he was drafted by the by the bulls in the uh, oh wow yeah but We just knew that that life was going to be even harder. So we moved to Spain and he played professional basketball in Spain. And along the way, we got our uh, European citizenship. So we carried two passports, Irish and American. Cool. And that began a life of living abroad. We we went, eventually went to dental school. We're both dentists and we became, we went to Italy to practice dentistry after dental school. And (laughs) okay. So these are all the results of strange choices to everybody who was watching us live like who wouldn't open the envelope from the chicago
0: bulls sure right well that was one of my questions is when you guys are stepping out to do this were people your family members your friends like you guys are crazy or yes yes
1: (laughs) yes but, you know, one thing that uh, Chuck and I were good at, m- most people believed that we were good partners, that we were good for each other. We we weren't the typical high school sweethearts that were petty and
0: and strange. Right. <laughs> Watch. Right. Immature. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, we've been married for 40 years
0: now. So it, there was yeah. something that That's worked. amazing.
1: Yeah. And people, people yeah, could see obviously. that. So I think they trusted our judgment in some ways. And my point in sharing all that is that decisions were not easy. And we we made choices over and over again that other people couldn't see the rationale for. And now in the scope of looking back at my life, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't have chosen to live one hour from Montreal. I wouldn't have my kids. My kids have slept on plywood in Tibet. They were traveling the world with us to to bleak places when they were as soon as they could carry on their own backpack, which was about age six we had them As soon as you
0: can roll your luggage, Yeah,
1: they were, they <laughs> were following us all around the world on purposeful journeys to places that were tough because we did, we traveled with um, purpose in mind. Like we would go to orphanages in Ecuador and beautiful wildlife. We would take them to places that manage wildlife in Africa and so forth. So this culmination of things in combination with my career in dentistry Yes, gave me a view of the world that was extraordinary. I, in the bleak places we traveled, I got to see how ingenious and an unbelievably kind people are, even when they have very yes. little. The view of the world that my children have seen is absolutely nothing like the view that we have on the news at night or the Internet. They've seen yep. the side of humanity that is by far by far the most common which ha- includes radical generosity greatness of spirit you know a smile <laughs> you yeah. don't need to know a language you just need to have right be pushing out genuine good intention and know how to communicate with a smile and through my dental career i got to know yeah. thousands of other people's lives and oh yes <laughs> and it was lovely genuinely amazing experience to be that close. We aren't the kind of dentists that run around on roller skates. We have organized yeah, okay. our practice so that we get to spend a lot of time with people. And in 2013, I started to notice that my patients had this sense of future fear. They This, this downward spiral about the future was starting to happen in conversations with people who were otherwise okay. cheerful their whole life.
0: And sure. I started to say, Whoa! somebody's got to
1: do something about this.
0: And this is something your patients were confiding in you? Yeah. Is that, because, like when they would come in, yeah. sort of a thing? Yeah, we sure. would chit-chat. <laughs> we had so much
1: more, too much chit-chat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've, like I said, we've built the practice around having the time to do that. And we would talk about gotcha. people's lives and their aspirations and their and so. they were celebrating and the things that they feared. And we noticed that fear started to creep in the conversations a lot more. Now, we think things are tough now but back in 2013 we were starting to hear about beheadings on the morning news. <sighs> I remember. Oh the my first gosh. Day. That's so heavy. It's so heavy. i I hate that I have to drop that bomb on you right now.
0: Right. And right. I promise no, that's okay. We're
1: at the lowest moment <laughs> in this conversation.
0: Yeah. But I yep.
1: want people to feel viscerally. Um, when this all, when my, in my opinion, this really got dangerous, the, sure. What was happening on social media, and what was happening in the news became the narrative that we tell ourselves about each other and the scary right. world out there. Of course it was happening after 9-11. Of course it was happening right. after all the other craziness that happens in the news since the beginning of time there was something that I recognized in my relationships with 40 to 60 people a day that told me there was something going on in 2012, 13, that was a tipping point. Mm -hmm. So like people do, I kept saying, somebody's got to do something about this. Somebody's got to do (laughs) something. But um, (laughs) one day at the end of 2013, I got an email out of the blue from a young man I'd known since he was a toddler. And because I'd found some way to celebrate something with every single patient, he thought of me in its darkest moment. He was sitting in a foxhole somewhere and he sent me an email saying, you know, it's a nightmare here. And from what I hear on, on social media, it's a nightmare there. Mm. And he went on and on and said a lot of things like some of us have said about the future. For us all, yeah. And how hopeless everything was, and oh my gosh, that was a catalyzing moment when I read that email and knew I had, I had nothing. I can't imagine. Yeah, I could. There was nowhere I could send him, so yeah. I went on a search of the internet to find some place yep. with no agenda, no political agenda, none, and no right. ads, because both those things are just you can't come by. <sighs> gosh, don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I spent pretty much 12 to 16 hours after that email. Cause oh. I, I wanted to respond to him quickly. He was obviously in yeah. distress. I spent 12 to 16 hours. It happened Saturday morning, and I really didn't finish until 9 p.m. that night. <sighs> and I could not find one place on the Internet with word of insight and inspiration and, and innovation yeah. that was no politics and no ads. And so, <laughs> that night, you I did it. I said, "Uh, okay, I guess that there's a gap here, <laughs> and somebody's got to fill it." And and that is going to be yeah. My... And I'd been a writer all along this long journey. You can imagine, I, I was really familiar with writing, and I was really comfortable with sharing. I'm kind of a maven sort. I love to tell people when I've discovered yeah. some wild, crazy thing. So it was a natural fit. I love that. Yeah. And I started writing one article a day on anything under the sun to prove it's still an amazing world. And, good for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I had an eighth grader at home who needed me and a sophomore sure. and a senior in high school. And I found a way to make it work. And so <laughs> then good fortune really smiled on us all. <laughs> I had a daughter. My oldest was in Harvard through the first few years of Everwinding couples. Wow. And uh, when she graduated, she had an Irish passport, So she and she'd been all over the world, so she could have worked for anyone. And for everyone's um, good fortune, she decided to come work with me.
0: And that is so, I almost said that, but I was like, no, don't, don't, yeah. don't jump in yet. Yeah. That is so sweet. Yeah, she had. we had wow. that big talk where we're like, wait, you can be a
1: consultant for anyone in the world. <laughs> she had a design and economics degree from Harvard. I mean, give me a break. Wow.
0: Yeah. 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 And you're like, I'd be happy to have you, honey. Yeah, no, I yeah. But um
1: so that's when we got serious. We had the big major Kay. website built that you see today and yep. we've been off and running since and so that is a very long story that I'm happy to share so that people know. They have their own story. And I'm sure yes they they are uniquely built to contribute something and along will come that day when Like I got the email, it just, you're powerless to resist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like you were like stepping into your purpose as you were creating EWC, you know? Right. Right. Wow. So from there, as you know, you were starting to get a staff, you had your daughter Mm -hmm. working for you. When did you come into the theory of the conspiracy of goodness?
1: So We all, I'm going to tell the story about the conspiracy of goodness first. And that will all make more sense to people. So here we are, I'm chugging along for many years and with Liesl for three years, probably four or five years. And good stuff keeps coming to us. People that have done the most remarkable things are out there, Jordy. The first thing, if, if nobody remembers one word I've said today, remember this. What we see in our online lives is only a tiny slice of reality. The only things that rise to the top of our Internet, our online lives, is danger and disorder. The Internet's built like that. It's not built to bring us signs of goodness and progress. But Danger and disorder, <laughs> that is it. impactful. It, that's mm-hmm. it. And, you know, it's built that way. We've got to remember where this Internet is in the life of a, of a human construct. The internet is no different than than the automobile, than the printing press, right. than the steam engine. It, they all start out as something that can get really wonky and almost da- right. and dangerous in that first iteration. Mm-hmm. You know, the Model T, the gas tank was under the seat, and when people <laughs> got in accidents, everybody blew up. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so like every other invention and iter- in, uh, innovation. The Internet's been around for about 30 years now in its format, the recognizable format. It's time for a right. rethink. It's time for like the new model, <laughs> the, the reimagining yep. Yep. how it fits in our lives and how we're going to let it dominate our worldview or not. So I call the Internet and, and our online lives an attention economy. And that's something that's probably existed for a hundred years back when radio first started. That was the first people could do anything and get our attention. So the whole game at the beginning of all communications um, was to capture and hold our attention. And right. back to our danger and disorder uh, um, topic, that that is neuroscience. It's the way our brains are built. We give our attention. Okay. The signs of danger and disorder, and that's why we're here today. If, if you and I are sitting here talking, it's because our ancestors were really good at recognizing signs and danger of disorder really early because they kept procreating. <laughs> right. Anybody right, who wasn't right, right. good, <laughs> they, their gene pool got crushed <laughs> if you weren't good at that. Right? Yeah, sure. So what happened with the internet and danger and disorder is that in 1993, there were only 130 websites. But in 2003, there were 40 million. Wow. And wow. remember that in 1993, the engineers were just racing in every day to work, just so excited to be able to c- connect us all to information and each other. That was the initial impetus of the, of the right, right, just connect us all to each other and information faster. But in that 10 years, going from 130 to 40 million, it got away from everyone. And an organizing principle had to rise to the top of the way it was constructed. And that organizing principle is our attention. In the beginning, it was, well, if people give their attention to it, it must be good. It must be valuable. It must be true. It must be, right? right? Because we were naive about what our minds and brains, and then what people would do with the Internet once they figured out that they could just make out what they
0: could do with. it. That's right.
1: So in the beginning, we were it's just like when we invented the automobile. We were naive. We invented this thing, but put the gas tank right below the driver. And we didn't think about what happened when it crashed. Well, (laughs) this is the same thing that happened with the Internet so our attention became what determines what rises to the top and that's how we have the social media we have today which is mm-hmm. you know making many people just sign off this is how you we got so right. the news media which you know well from your background i do know very why, well yes why is the ratio of negative stories to positive so bizarre does it do it's you think, not
0: even you can't even it's like ooh. Yeah. And do you, in your, in your life, in your real life,
1: does that same ratio hold? There's 95% bad stuff in your life and only 5% no. good stuff. No,
0: no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it if it was 95% negative. Like yes. I have to live in the positive, you know?
1: Yeah. But so here's what I, I was in the, the, one of the largest slums in the world not that long ago. Kibera in Kenya has, wow. Okay. Yeah. Has no one knows how many people are there. 500,000 to a million people. No running water, no septic, no no public services. And yet, (laughs) I was there to interview some artists who are are making art out of garbage and teaching children that they have superhero-like qualities that they can lean on. It was a beautiful interview. And you know what? Even in that place, when I asked those guys, so what do you think about the future? They thought it was bright. Aww. So if they can I think love it's that. right, it is totally a mindset. But what most of us are living with is this constant narrative about danger and disorder from our online lives and from the news. So how that relates to what I'm doing and what I want to do and what Everwidening Circles is growing into is that we are the rest of the story about each other and and the world. You can go to everwideningcircles.com and see things about (laughs) any subject under the sun that are happening right now. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress happening in the world that almost no one knows about because of, of the way the Internet and the news is built to capture and hold our attention. And the only way they know how to do that now, I'm going to tell you what's coming, but for right now the only way they know how to do that is to present us with more and more outrageous danger and disorder.
0: Right. I believe that, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it it just is. And it's neuroscience, and people learned that very Mm -hmm. early in the advent of radio. They knew that they could capture and hold our attention if they told us that aliens were landing somewhere. Right, right, (laughs) I mean, you know that old radio broadcast. (laughs) Yes, yes, I
0: learned about it in school, ethics, uh uh-huh.
1: Yes, people were jumping out of buildings thinking that was real.
0: Right. Right, right.
1: So this isn't new. We should not be shocked. We should be aware. We just got to raise our game because there is a game sure. being played with our emotions in our online lives. And once we realize the game that's going on there, we could just stop playing it. And if you'd like, I, I could share with you some really po- practical tips that I've found to stop I playing would, that game. I
0: would love that. I think we okay. all love that. We all need all it. All right. All right.
1: Great. <laughs> So what I recognize through my 8 years of going from ordinary web user remember I'm sure mm-hmm. I was an early adopter in technology I've been fixing teeth in my dental practice since 2003 with computers there was yeah. oh wow there okay. was no one that's like in one sure. percent of dentists. So I I will say I'm an early adopter of technology. Just like yeah. that. Using lasers. I was using inter old cameras in nineteen ninety seven. So okay. Wow. I'm kind of fearless yep. that way.
0: Okay. Love that about you. But
1: <laughs> otherwise, I really use the internet like everyone else. I would could order a pair of boots and post a picture of my new dog right. on Facebook. Other than that. Well, I've come a long way. And one of the messages that I'm trying to add to to the world is that nobody should have to go through what I've gone through (laughs) to learn these insights about how our online lives can be terribly destructive or amazingly positive. It's our choice. If we know a few, four actually simple shifts we can make. Okay. I'm ready for people who are listening to this. You don't have to write down. You don't, there is a place on the internet at four shifts.com. The number four, shifts.com or spelled out for shifts.com that we just put a 10 minute read. We just wanted the world. We want the world to know about these four simple shifts. It will fundamentally change the future of the internet. If just 25% of us do the four shifts. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So people can go there and read the 10 minute read and, and they know exactly what to do today. The, the next hour. I'm excited, but here I'll put them in a nutshell. So the first of the four shifts is Pause. One word, just pause. Go to the Internet with intention. And when you go there, pause before you click on anything. Because someone is counting every click you make. Everything. Mm-hmm. There are algorithms that can just look, even recognize how long your eyes stayed on a piece of content. Oh. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I had
1: no idea. Yes. But essentially, if you want to remember how much gravity this pausing before you click on things has, I want you to think (laughs) your click is a vote. That's what it is. It's a vote for more of the chaos, more of the fear, more of the meanness, more of anything.
0: If you click on anything, it's a yes vote. Give me more of that. This brief interruption is brought to you by the Assist app. If it's not already downloaded on your phone, it definitely should be. If you're someone looking for work or someone looking to hire, head to the App Store and type in the Assist app for all of your assisting needs. Now, let's get back to the show. For sure. For two reasons
1: because your algorithms are watching every single move you make, even how long you linger somewhere when you're scrolling. If you scroll if you linger for even a millisecond, it counts that as a yes vote.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yes.
1: <laughs> and that it explains why we all have these. I was at a, my husband's best friend's funeral one day, and I talked about a certain shoe mm. that I that this woman, this uh, friend of his who I'd never met, told me about her shoes. We all have this story. She told me about these great shoes she was wearing. She was a really high-powered lawyer, and they lasted, and they looked good, and she was going on.
0: And the very next day, they popped up.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the ads. Now, every one of us has that story. Mm-hmm. Mine is more creepy than most because my purse was quite far away in on a table with my drink. And so, uh,
0: right. You're like, please. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I just mentioned that story and that every one of us has one like that where we just went, wait, what? Yeah. Like, How? You know, we've got people worried that that the that the vaccine for COVID is putting a chip in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tell mm-hmm. you, we already have a chip in our bodies, all I... of us, right? Yep. So, if you're worried about getting chipped, <laughs> pause <laughs> before you click on anything, because the internet is determining your worldview now and the algorithms are watching every movie make. So here's the second one. So you pause before you click on anything and here the second one is ignore more. Okay, ignore more. Ignore more. If you ask yourself one simple question, do we need more of this before you click on anything? And I do mean we, right? Let's say let's say you were very very politically active And you saw this posting from somebody on your side and it was meaner than anything, but it hit, it stuck Mm. right at Mm -hmm. your enemy, right? Yeah, (laughs) sure. So you could ask yourself, do I want more of this? And your answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But what you really need to ask yourself is, do we need more of this? Because we do not need more meanness. We do not need more negativity, more negativity or thoughtlessness. We need measured voices. We need the helpers. Yeah. So that, so pause, ask yourself, do we need more of this? And the, if the answer is no, then ignore it. And I'll give you one more really, really good way to look at this. Never click out of ABC mode. Never click in ABC mode. Anger. Boredom mm-hmm. or morbid curiosity. A B C Anger, wow. boredom, and curiosity. Now curiosity is a beautiful thing, but I'm talking about that morbid curiosity. Like you see a picture of the blobfish or the anaconda with the human sure. form in it or Right. You're like, don't click no. on it. No. Uh, you know, a headline yeah. Death Ships docked in Miami. No. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Stay away. Yes. So if we we all use the never click in ABC mode, anger, boredom, or curiosity, and I mean morbid curiosity, I guarantee you that the internet would change almost overnight. Now, remind me before you're done. I'm um, going to go back and tell you this 25% rule. It doesn't have to be all of us, by the way. It only has to be 25%. So remind me of, to tell you why twenty five percent is fine. So pause, 25%. ignore more, and the third one is it is seek signs of goodness and progress because for right now the internet will not bring it to you. It's not mm, built that that's way. deep. No, it's mm-hmm. if you're waiting for some validation that the world's a good place from your online lives, <laughs> it's never coming. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. Wow. Because the only thing, but I feel him, like people try and look for it there. Yes.
1: And well, they should be searching for it. You've got to seek signs of fitness mm-hmm. and progress Right, and you can find it, you know, back to the good kind of curiosity. You know, if you love the seven string banjo or you find yourself sort of going down rabbit holes about creative things or that, that bring wonder to, to your mind, whatever mm-hmm. topic it is. Seek those things, continue to seek those things, and that's what your algorithm will see you seeking, and it will start, you will start seeing possibility pop up everywhere.
0: And then they'll just chase the
1: goodness. Yeah, and, and then the fourth one is so important. When you find signs of goodness and progress, share it. Content creators, the people who make everything we see on the internet, are voraciously interested in what we share. Mm -hmm. Not what Mm -hmm. we like, not what we like. A like means almost nothing on the internet. A share is everything. For instance, if you're scrolling through Facebook one night and you see posting about the neighbor kid, he's 12 year old, he raised a thousand bucks for the humane society. And you're going, What? Jason Jason raised a thousand bucks that you mean to study and he did it in some cool creative way that just you went just like, Oh, that sounds like that kid. Share right. <laughs> share, it. share it. Share it. Because as we yeah. all know, a share can start a wave of goodness and progress that just goes off on its own and can change the future for many. One of the people I interviewed on my podcast is a wonderful scientist who started the whole ball rolling against single-use plastics. Do you remember the researcher who pulled the straw out of the sea turtle's nose on a video? Yes. 2015. Nate Robinson. I remember it well. Okay. Nate Robinson is his name. I interviewed him on the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. It's unbelievable his story. But he instinctively knew that this moment was something he should share. Huge. They they brought the turtle up into the boat. They could see this white thing in his nose. They thought it was a sea creature called a tube worm. And they, st- they gave it one little tug. And he said, I'm going to get out my phone. I don't know what this is, but I think we need to record it. And it was just one of those moments where...
0: Yeah, like yeah, and I want document them. this.
1: Yes, and the, the actual video is eight minutes long. And when they when they get that straw, when it finally comes loose, and they look at and see little blue stripes on it, and realize <laughs> they said a few explicatives mm-hmm. that the that the video. But that's had seventy nine sure. million views now, and it literally kicked off. He said tens of thousands of projects around the world to limit single use plastic. So beautiful. Just because he shared it. He has nothing to do with whatever happened after that. Nothing. He never started right. an organization. He didn't mobilize or anything. So this is the right. power of what we share. It, it inspires others. It gives other people ideas. It says, look, you matter. There's so many things about sharing. I want to get to that 25% number. I, I remembered yes. it myself. So <laughs> one day when I was particularly low on this journey, because what I've been on, Geordie, is what your founders are starting on. Yeah. Mike and Sarah are beginning the social entrepreneur's roller coaster ride. This is the, <laughs> the epitome, this journey is the epitome of high highs and high and low lows when you decide to find when or when you decide when you discover. <laughs> uh, Because that your purpose has something to do with with making the world a better place, no matter what you face. This is a roller coaster ride. So one day when I was particularly low, I was I never go on LinkedIn. I have no idea why this one dropped in front of me. It was it was good fortune because it changed everything. I was on LinkedIn and I saw this notice from the World Economic Forum. Now this is a giant big organization in Davos, Switzerland. And they had this thing, uh, this study. They commissioned the University of London and the University of Pennsylvania to do a study to see how many people it takes to change the world. That, like, If an idea mm. goes from the fringes of, this, of society to being the way we think about it, how many people have to be out there on the fringes and all say, yeah, this is how we're going to look at the world now? How many sure. before yeah, it yeah. all goes and just takes over society? Well, yeah. On a bad day, (laughs) because remember, (laughs) I was doing good news and nobody was showing up. Uh, Right. So I was like, wait, this is the worst times and nobody wants good news. So it turns out that there's a lot of neuroscience involved in the things we decide are true or the things that take over society. (laughs) A a very old example is a shoe called a penny loafer. I'm even too young to remember this, but I know the story. There was this shoe where you put a little penny in it. It's this nice brown loafer. They're they're pretty. Yeah. Well, that shoe was just so novel when it first hit. Uh, Again, it's before me, but the story goes that there was a few kids in, in some really cool neighborhood in New York City that found these shoes, started putting the penny in, and it took about eight months before every single young person in the United States was wearing penny loafers. Wow, And that's a good example of how something just sweeps through society. We can You can probably come yeah. up with 50 examples like that really quick. Well, it turns out that you it only has to be 25% of people that say, yep, this is the way we're going to do it. And after 25%, okay. there's like a tipping point that just neuroscience and our urge to belong, our sense of belonging, our, our sense of... of finding meaning in the in, in joining others in something yeah. that kicked in after 25%. So my vision, my purpose, my meaning is all about getting just 25% of internet users in the world to understand how much power they actually have on the internet. Because I don't think most of us feel very powerful there. Do you?
0: I completely agree. Yeah. And I don't think I've thought about it like that until I'm listening to you now.
1: Yeah. I mean, we determine what we see. Like, I wrote a book that you mentioned called Happiness is an Option. Um, Yes. And in that book, I share the four shifts and much more about the four shifts. But I had a friend who read it, and she sent me this nice little email. She says, Linda, you know, you're exactly right. I never see the world that everybody tells me is on Facebook. I never see all that because the only thing I'm interested in is Britney Spaniels and cooking. So I... I love that.
0: Yes. (laughs) Stay in that world.
1: Yeah, she never sees another blessed thing besides Britney Spaniel and food. And she's kind of living the four shifts without even knowing it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's very, very easy to get our attention hijacked. Remember, that's why I call it the attention economy is that they're just doing all kinds of stuff and they know what will get us to pause, click on things out of curiosity or anger. Yeah. So this is what I tell people, have some confidence. If you just do this in your own life, you will see a world of wonder show up in front of you. You don't have to be as narrow as my friend with their Britney Spaniels. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. You can can still be
1: curious and search for wonder. Uh, You know, the Smithsonian website is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, In fact, many, many, many museums in the world now have virtual tours that you can actually wander around the museum and what? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, there is so much good happening in the world that you can engage with in your online lives. That is one of the opportunity out of the disaster of the pandemic is people who are doing good in the world had to get creative and and be able to connect with us in a digital world. Absolutely.
0: Um, right. So and have it w- faith. was more needed than- ever. Yeah. Faith always. Yeah. Because that 20, we can reach that
1: 25%. That is such a doable number. I mean, 25% of the people I know want a better world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same, right? 25% so if we of my all patients, pull together. Yeah. And we share yeah. the four shifts. If we just say,
1: Hey, you know, there's this great way if that to work, to operate in your online life. You just have to remember four things, pause, ignore more, seek sign of goodness and share it. <laughs> and you, and yeah. the algorithms um, will fundamentally change your view of the world. So that's the goal.
0: You you seem so like down to earth and kind and high spirited. Is that you taking all of the work you've done and combining it into your life? Or how do you practice what you preach, I guess? Because it definitely comes off that oh, you are good. living your message, yeah. which I love.
1: Well, that's very, very kind of you. So the next chapter of what we're going to be doing at everwideningcircles.com is sharing with others how we've managed to cultivate this sense of purpose. What you're seeing, what Amazing. you just described in me, is my, yeah. is my living my purpose. I Do you know what time I get up
0: in the morning? <laughs> what time? <laughs> 4 a.m. Oh, no. No, no, Dr. Okay. No. I know. <laughs> it's very
1: weird. Now I do go to sleep at 9.30, 10.
0: But- the reason okay. why I
1: bring that up is that I bounce out of bed. All winter, I had a cast up to my armpit. No. That's another story. I broke my arm. Sure. <laughs> I was skating. <laughs> it, it, <Okay. laughs> my kids shamed me. And I've and Oh, no. When I couldn't get out of bed normally with that cast all the way up to my armpit, I figured out a way to put my legs up in the air and toss them down onto the ground. In that wow. Of- <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I felt that. I felt felt that good about what I was getting up to do in every morning. Yeah, I
0: and mean, with that circumstance going on, you know. Yes,
1: I, I mean, this is the thing, is that I, there is a journey to cultivating what you're uniquely built to contribute, Jordy. It's a journey. I just have lived the journey. There's this searching stage where you do all kinds of crazy things in your youth. Yeah. You can do them at midlife too, by the way. But you try all kinds of things that break the mold, right? That's the search. Yep. You read all kinds of things. You, 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 have, you try new friend groups. There's so many things that you try in this searching phase. And then, then you know, I, I have things that I'd rather not share with my kids. And, sure. <laughs> uh, but they're all part of me and what brought me here and what I learned, right? And some of them very negative. In the scope of things, I look at them all as gifts. So then you go into this learning phase. Once you kind of narrow down what you love, what feeds your soul, what sends you soaring, then you just go ahead. We all shame ourselves for going down rabbit holes. You know, I'd like us to take a look at those rabbit holes.
0: Yeah, I like to live in a good daydream. (laughs) Yeah, and if we're going
1: down rabbit holes that are healthy and positive and Mm -hmm. mentally safe, for us, not the stuff with morbid curiosity. Not the stuff with anger and fear at the core. But if we're going down rabbit holes that send our soul soaring, then we need to pay attention to what that is. Um, So there's that learning phase you go in after the search. Then you build something. I I saw a podcaster who said the most extraordinary thing one day. Or it was an influencer. I should give them credit. I've got to figure out who it was. Said, everyone ought to give birth to something.
0: Preach. Yeah. Yes, I got I goosebumps agree. just saying
1: it. And yeah, she, she didn't mean a child. She meant she meant a child. No. Yes, that'll teach you a lot. <laughs> oh, <God>. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but she meant anything. It, I mean, the things you learn when you give birth to something new that the, that the world would yeah. never have had without you.
0: Whoa! And yeah, what a beautiful concept. Yeah, and so I've been
1: in that in that. Birthing phase of this whole this mm-hmm. whole journey with Everwinding Circles to the point where now we're organizing the website more and more around pointing out these wonderful people we write about who have found their purpose because more and more yeah. examples of other people who have discovered the crazy things I'll just pop off a few of them for you over at, at Everwinding Circles you're going to see an article I consider one of my very best I just interviewed this guy for my podcast it took me three years. <laughs>
0: Get him to slow down. Okay,
1: you know why? He has come up with the most important conservation leap in, some people say, arguably 100 years. Here it is, right? Oh, wow.
0: Okay, yes, I'm ready.
1: Okay, Damien Mander has discovered that single mothers make the best game wardens in Africa.
0: And how does one come to find this conclusion? Illusion.
1: He has one of the most powerful, gripping TED Talks you could ever watch. So if somebody wants to look up really? Damian, okay. yeah, Damian Mander, TED.com, you're going to see his story. I'll listen. Yeah, we have an article at Widening Circles called Single Mothers Make the Best Game of in Africa, and that's how you can get the whole story, cool. because the last time I interviewed him actually was for that article. Anyway, cool. it turns out that single mums are really darn tough. <laughs> They're
0: really tough. I come tough. from one. Yes. Yes. Okay
1: and and that brings them to this this different kind of mindset about adversity and pushing through. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. more than that, they know how to de-escalate situations. There is no sane single mom on the planet who wants a, a, a situation for their child to get out of hand. Never. Yeah, no. Single right. moms learn how to de-escalate. Well, that's important and preventing wildlife poaching and endangered, protecting endangered species, because mm-hmm. all that whole world of poaching and wildlife is controlled by organized crime. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's at the top of it.
0: it. That's Yeah, that's such an interesting mm-hmm. thing in itself right there. Yeah,
1: it is war, and okay. that's what Damien brings to it, strangely enough. He was a counterinsurgency specialist, a trained sniper in the Iraq War.
0: Oh, and wow. when he
1: got finished with that, he didn't know what to do with his life. And he went on vacation in Africa, and something dreadful happened right in front of him with a poacher.
0: I'll, oh no! I'll leave
1: that spoiler alert. Sure. I won't tell you because you can you'll get the story in his TED Talk. It happened okay. right in front of him when he was just going on a like a game ride, you know, with with wild game and like yeah. a safari, like a safari.
0: Yeah, safari ride exactly. And
1: it changed him forever. He said, "Oh my God, this is war. I know how to. I know how to." change this i know how to address yeah. this problem and so he's been on this incredible life journey for about i think they started in uh, could be 2013 2008 somewhere in there okay. anyway that's just one example of a thousand people you've written about who have the most extraordinary journeys of purpose and they're making the world a better place large and small we don't just talk yeah. about people who are doing big things like damien we We tell about the guy in India who lost his son to a pothole accident. This older guy, and he learned that 10,000 people a month lose their life to pothole accidents in India. What?
0: What? (laughs) That is... The big that's number is huge. Yes, because the oh my goodness! Oh, there's
1: many many parts of India that are so poor that infrastructure to repair roads is doesn't make anyone. the
0: numbers are
1: goodness unbelievable. So this guy could have lived in grief, and he chose not to. He figured out exactly Mm -hmm. what the right recipe was for creating a. Pothole filler that would stay and stay nice, and figured out how to get oh. the resources. And He's filled, I, I think, over 10,000 potholes himself.
0: Oh, my goodness, that is amazing! So,
1: I can't remember the numbers, I might mean, have all those numbers um, wrong, but they're amazing numbers. Go to the article if you just put pothole,
0: yeah, okay, in our yeah. search box
1: at yeah. Everwinding Circles, you're gonna okay. get that article. It'll come
0: up, <laughs> and
1: you know, he's a great example that, of the fact that everyone can do something. Every one of us can do something. You're so right. Right, and that is our journey as a human being: is to find what we were uniquely built to contribute. And it may be filling wow. potholes, or it may be like Topher White, who's discovered that that we can save all the remaining rainforests with old cell phones. That's another no, story. Yeah, <laughs> <So. laughs> I've I've shared an awful lot with you today, Jordy, and I hope on the Assist podcast. What I've yeah. done is assist people in knowing that there is an entirely different world out there and it's full of promise and it's waiting yeah. for them to bring their potential to it.
0: Well, I mean, I've learned so much just today, just from just from chatting with you. So you are doing more than assisting us and you're assisting the world, which is the whole reason why we wanted to have you on uh, today. So not- My last question for you, Dr. Linda, is for people who you know, kind of like-minded, like you want to go out and find their purpose and put mm-hmm. it out into the world and change the world, but they don't know how to get started. Yes. What would you tell them?
1: We are going to be addressing that exact problem on December 1st. I don't want to say okay. a lot, spoiler alert. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Um, <laughs> tease ahead. Yes.
1: And for now, there are two things I would recommend instantly. We have also recognized the problem in social media and the negativity is not going to get any better. So we just <laughs> we just created our own. <laughs> we've, good. Yes. Good for you. Yep. Yeah, we've created the Conspiracy of Goodness Network. So it's cool. the yeah. It and that's really what it is. And I I will close with the story of the Conspiracy of Goodness because that's the question Please. I haven't answered from a long time ago <laughs> in our conversation. The Conspiracy of Goodness is going to be a place for people with good intention. It's going to have a, a membership fee just enough to keep the mean people out <laughs> sure i yep. hate
0: to be yep i hate to be like that no no it makes sense if all yeah. you want to do because that will kick them out Yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> if all you want to do is mess with others and if you're the one that starts the fight in the comments under the broccoli recipe
0: i don't really it's not the place for you no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a bit of a of a speed to join
1: the Conspiracy of Goodness Network. But once there, you'll be able to connect with other people who have beautiful intention. We're gonna create an environment where people can share resources about the greatest thing they just discovered, the best book they read. How about people who are founders like me? What anybody know a good trustee worthy web developer? We're gonna really create a lot of sure, yeah, I mean, a lot of connection and diff- completely different worldview over there. And the second thing people can do is we have a summit. The second annual Conspiracy of Goodness Summit is coming up. Okay. It's, it's an afternoon, three hours of <laughs> sure. some of the people I've mentioned. Unbelievable. We've got five thought leaders that we're bringing in to speak and have questions and answers and Exciting. time for people like you and I to network. And that is on October 10th. So you can go to okay. COG Summit. That stands for Conspiracy of Goodness Okay. C-O-G-summit.com and get your tickets Ken. there. It's it's a way to support goodness in the world and bring it into Absolutely. your life. And then this year we're making it so that you get an automatic membership to the Conspiracy of Goodness for a few months just to see if you like oh, it. Oh, cool. Okay. If you go to the Love summit. That. So I think that'll sure. give people okay. that stepping off. So I'll close with the story of the Conspiracy of Goodness, Jordy. Yeah. I think that I can already tell with your energy that you are part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: So, Thank you. Uh, three or four years ago, I was talking to somebody I w- had written an article about, a thought leader. And he said, Dr. Linda, everything you're doing, he was shocked by the website. It's the conspiracy of goodness. You know, it's just like that story. You know that story, don't you? And I said, no. I, and <laughs> he said, you know, my dad, his dad was the superintendent of schools for Brooklyn when he was growing up. Okay. And he said, my dad used to always tell this story. So it turns out there was a little... French village called Le Chambon, France, that managed to save 3,000 Jews from a nearby concentration camp. Ordinary people with no organization saved thousands, Mm -hmm. mostly orphans, for two years. It's just an extraordinary story. So there was a rabbi, Harold Schulweis, who was talking about World War II in a conference he was giving in Europe in 1986. And he called his talk the conspiracy of evil. Okay. Well, he said he tells the story that an old man stood up in the back of the room and said he had been one of the rescuers. One of the people wow. who had um, a family in their home. And the old man... Holy cow. Yeah. And the old man asked the most profound question. He said, do you think I could have saved an entire family without the active help of the milkman the mailman, and the neighbors? No, the old man said. For every one person saved, there were seven who were rescuers. Wow. It was. That's crazy. It was a conspiracy of goodness, he said. So that's the first reference to the conspiracy of goodness, that phrase. And the, the message I want your listeners to have, Jordy, going forward is that That is who we are. We are not who we see on the internet and the nightly news. We are givers, we are doers, we are helpers. And if we participate in helping to raise the tide of goodness and kindness Mm -hmm. and progress up in the world, Mm -hmm. we will see that it lifts all the boats in the harbor up.
0: I completely agree. Dr. Linda, where can people follow you? Yeah, so I do a whole
1: lot of public speaking, as you imagine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. So you mm, I'm can, sure you're a busy yeah, woman. You can find my website at dr-linda.com, drlinda.com. And I spell my name with a Y, so it'll come up pretty easy. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, okay. Dr-linda.com. And then also, just go to the, that we have the most amazing app. It's like having the, the antidote to the daily news in the palm of your hand. Perfect. So that's yep. how people can help. That's how people can connect with our work is at the, everwideningcircles.com and the, and our app is beautiful.
0: Dr. Linda, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. You are inspiring and your kindness literally radiates out of your microphone. So thank you so, 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 so much. It was so nice to meet you and it was an honor having you. Okay. I wish you the best in this new adventure. wow dr linda is so insightful and i also just love how positive she is you can tell that she practices what she preaches in terms of her conspiracy of goodness she just radiates that positivity and i absolutely left that interview feeling more positive and more hopeful and i'm going to try and do everything i can to impact 25 percent of the people i know to make the world a better place so thank you so much for tuning in and listening don't go anywhere again this is the assist podcast we'll see you next time